0: Terry, we have so many wonderful gifts that are living within us. And Jesus was so adamant about a believer understanding the gift of the Holy Spirit living in his life.
1: He wanted us to be empowered, empowered to live that life of a disciple.
0: He wants us to move beyond being a believer and become a disciple. Because when you become a disciple... This is when you're walking in full faith and full power of the Holy Spirit working in your life to change things, isn't it, Terry? This is what is so important to understand. The Spirit of God is what changes people's hearts and lives. This is what will change the world. And this is what we'll be discussing, isn't it?
1: Sure is. And it's one person at a time as, as people get revelation of that Holy Spirit as a believer that now lives in them.
0: I know it changed my life when I truly began to get an understanding of the Holy Spirit working in my life, receiving revelation through God's Word and applying it and realizing that before in my life I was just a believer. I was thinking the way of the world. I was walking the way of the world. I was responding to things the way of the world. But when I began to get serious seeking God, I became a disciple and understanding the power that works within us.
1: I'm thinking of the parable of the sower. You know, the first thing that Satan comes to do is to steal the word. And that seed that's been planted in you, as a new believer, it was planted in us, was that word. The only way it will grow is as you seek and nurture. And Matthew 6.33 always comes to mind when we start talking about seeking. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is explained in his word, and as, as that word comes alive, it grows. And that's what has happened. As you sought the Lord, the seed began to grow. It fell on good ground. The birds didn't come in and take the seed away. But because you sought, you were seeking. We need to seek so that we can find.
0: That's how it worked in your life as well. That's how it works in all believers' lives, is you have to be seeking, you have to be knocking, and you have to be asking. You have to be communicating with your Heavenly Father.
1: When you do those things, then the right people will show up in your life to help you to begin to understand what you've got this born-again experience, this new creature. We talk about all these things, but it doesn't become alive until you begin to understand it. And that's what we're trying to do here, is to open people's eyes and make them hungry to seek the Word.
0: I like what you said, Terry, open their eyes. And this is what Jesus was doing. He was opening their eyes. He was introducing them to the Holy Spirit. He was telling them not to do anything until they receive power from on high. And in Luke chapter 24, 49th verse, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Jesus is making a point here, a very strong point, that don't do anything until you understand and receive this power from on high.
1: Is that account right before he went back to heaven? Is that correct?
0: Yes, that's correct.
1: So think about this. Just think about this. These disciples and apostles had been with our Lord for three years. They'd watched him die. <laughs> they saw his resurrected body. Now they were watching him ascend the, into heaven after he told them to wait for power go back to Jerusalem and wait until the Holy Spirit came. Wow, didn't they have enough knowledge and understanding of what they had learned in three years and then to see him die and rise again and be alive and go back to heaven in a cloud? But they still had to wait. What does that tell us today? It tells us that the Holy Spirit is important in our lives. They were believers, but they weren't empowered Can I say that?
0: Yes, that's perfect. You can say that. That, That's exactly what they were. They were believers because we see the account where Peter denied Jesus. The other disciples denied Jesus and ran away. They even suffered from fear and anxiety and depression. Even when Jesus appeared to them, they still were suffering from this doubt and unbelief. But when you begin to receive revelation knowledge by the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit begins to purge out this unbelief. This is the job of the Holy Spirit, is to purge out unbelief and recognizing you are now a new creature in Christ. You are now empowered. I love that word, empowered. By the Holy Spirit of God. To go out and demonstrate that we're different than the world. We are to be reaching others for Christ and only through this power. And Terry, Satan has diluted the power by lies. By telling people this power has been done away with. It no longer is effective. And what we have, Terry, are believers. We do not truly have disciples. We have believers that have been touched by the power of the Holy Spirit to come to repentance. But Jesus tells us, You'll be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit that I send to you. I want to go to the book of Acts, Terry, to help explain some of this. And what we want to do is compare the disciples received power from on high on the day of Pentecost. Then 3,000 received power from on high. And it just keeps progressing and progressing where it went to the Gentiles. The same power... I think the book of Acts simply is to demonstrate that this power was to everyone. You were a believer, and then you received power from on high.
1: Well, this book of Acts is a history of the early church. How they came together, how they prayed, how they experienced uh, signs and wonders, because they had been filled with the Holy Spirit. Until that time... Peter just wanted to go back and go fishing. (laughs) He wasn't empowered to do anything. He was afraid, fearful. He thought it was all over with. He thought it was all over. And the Lord reappeared, and it said, go to Jerusalem, wait for the power. And this early church had experienced Christ's resurrection. I bet you many of these people that Peter preached to when the 3,000 were born again on the day of Pentecost— we're in the crowd saying, "Crucify him." I had that thought the other day. Peter didn't go a hundred miles away. He stepped out his front door and began to preach Christ, resurrection, raising from the dead. And now Peter had that born-again power on the inside of him, and he was telling these people who had, oh man, it's just awesome when you begin to think that here we are, all these years later talking about that power that we have today, that same power that these apostles were operating in and moving in, in this early church, these believers who now had become empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is awesome, Mitch. And we've been
0: empowered as well. Yes. This is what we're pointing out, is we have the same Holy Spirit living within us in the body of Christ.
1: I think we're drawing a huge parallel here between those early people who, before the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord, who were believers, they had seen the signs and wonders, but they weren't empowered. And same thing happens to us today as believers. Our eyes are opened, and we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again for us. But until we begin to understand the power now that exists in us, that's live and real in us, by faith, it's all by faith, believing. And that's what the Holy Spirit is still doing today as he did in the early beginnings of the church.
0: Terry, as you were speaking, this, this thought came to my mind. The disciples, the followers of Christ, which we can say were probably around 120 They thought the power left the earth when Jesus died. Are we suffering from the same thing today? Do we think the power left? That we're helpless? We're hopeless?
1: Boy, I hope we don't think that.
0: (laughs) But maybe you're right.
1: He's alive,
0: bitch. I know he is, but what I'm getting at, the church is helpless. They're looking at it from a standpoint of no power. We have this mindset that we are helpless. We have this mindset that Satan's in control, that he has more power. Why? Just like when Jesus died, they thought it was over with. And we have this same mindset that we think that we're powerless. When you come to Christ, you need to understand the Holy Spirit moved upon you, and you are now a believer, but your mind is still the way of the world, and you're going to function and operate in the power of the world. You need to have an understanding of the power that now lives within you or you're going to be powerless. You won't be able to be effective. This is why the church is not effective today, because they're not relying upon the power of the Holy Spirit. They're trying to function and operate by how the world thinks, how the world presents things, with gimmicks, with big bands, trying to play on people's emotions.
1: What you're saying is that the church today looks too much like the world. They're functioning in this because they
0: don't have an understanding of the power that lives within them.
1: The early church got together and talked about the signs and wonders that were happening all around them. And for some reason, the traditions of men or whatever crept back in. Well, it happened to the Galatians. That's why Paul wrote the letter. They were falling back into legalism to accomplish their salvation when it was a completed work at the cross. And when he arose and went back to heaven, he sent that power of the Holy Spirit back to us so that he would never leave us nor forsake us. He had to go back to heaven. He was limited in his physical body to just being able to touch and minister to the people who who could see him physically. But now he's come back to us as believers and we operate in this supernatural realm, or should be, that exposes the spirit. Spirit of God to the world around us and not the other way around.
0: Terry, it's just a different mindset. This is what the Holy Spirit's trying to do, is give us a different mindset to trust and rely upon the Holy Spirit of God. Trust and rely that I can hear from the Holy Spirit of God. But if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit of God, which simply means immersed in the understanding of the Spirit of God, you're going to operate in the way of the world. Let's go to Acts 1, starting with the fourth verse. And this is Jesus appearing. He's appeared to the disciples, and he's giving them some instruction. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 8, I want to jump down to verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. He did not want the disciples, the 120, to do anything until they received the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what I want the listeners to get their mind wrapped around is this. This little quotation in verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now.
1: Let me read that in the Amplified. For John baptized with water, but not many days from now, you shall be baptized with, placed in, and introduced into the Holy Spirit. Placed in and introduced. I like that. That's where we've been (laughs) placed. We've been placed into.
0: Acts chapter 11. 11 starting with the 15th verse chapters 10 and 11 is a story about cornelius about the gentiles
1: oh yes peter had the vision of the the sheets and cornelius had an angel appear to him and yes sent men to get peter peter came to his house peter shared the word and there was a great conversion yes and the, the holy house. spirit fell upon
0: them yes and the point i'm wanting to make is peter quotes exactly verbatim Acts chapter 11 verse 16 what Jesus quoted to the disciples in Acts chapter 1 verse 5 because he's talking to the Jewish people back in Jerusalem he's talking to the other apostles he's talking to the other disciples there and this is what I want us to think about the same Holy Spirit that baptized the Jewish believers baptized the Gentile believers the very same gift and here we go Verse 15, and as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. You realize a few years have gone by before this event, before the Gentiles received the Holy Spirit of God? But Peter makes it clear in 15, and as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. The same Holy Spirit. Verse 16, Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now this should eliminate any doubts about the Holy Spirit operating today or not. Or about the Holy Spirit just functioning through the apostles. Verse 17, If therefore God gave them the same gift... As he gave us, when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? This was a question. The same gift, the same Holy Spirit, and we know the story behind this. They received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were immersed in it. They began to speak in tongues, and they received power from on high. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not just about speaking in tongues. That's a very small portion of this. It's a prayer language. What is really being said here, and this is where Satan has had these inroads, people have focused so much on receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit and having this outward sign of speaking in tongues and that's it. And they're wrong. That's just one sign. Because there's other events that transpire through the Holy Spirit working in your life. And we have talked about those in 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14. The gifts of the Spirit of God. This is why I'm saying we've all been empowered by the Holy Spirit of God, and the gifts and function of the Holy Spirit of God have not changed one bit.
1: Man's thinking has changed, hasn't it, Terry? Oh, absolutely. That Therein lies the rub. We haven't either been taught right or we got caught up in traditions or, or whatever, but it's the same Holy Spirit. I, as you were reading that, I, I went back to the Acts 2. It says here in Acts 11, I'm going to reread that, the same Holy Spirit fell on them, just as it did at on us at the beginning. Well, the beginning was recorded in Acts 2, and then when the day of Pentecost had fully come.
0: You're, you're doing it just exactly the order. The Lord wants us to, to go in this, and we didn't even talk about this. But yeah, go into Acts 2, because this is what we're talking about.
1: And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were all seeking. They were waiting and thanking God for all these things. They were praying. They were with one accord.
0: This is what uh, Jesus was instructing him to do. I think it was in Luke chapter 11, where he tells them to seek and to pray and ask anything in my name. And so he was instructing him to go to Jerusalem to seek and ask. The question I have, Terry, for our listeners, have you been seeking and asking God? to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Now, don't get excited about when I use the word term baptism. I'm just quoting what Jesus says. Baptism in the Holy Spirit simply means being immersed in the understanding and the power of the Holy Spirit. Again,
1: being placed in and introduced to. Yes, I like that. I like that. I That's introduced into the Holy Spirit. And I'll be honest, my
0: first 25 years or so, or 30 years as a Christian, Never dawned on me to ask, seek, and knock for the power of the Holy Spirit to have an understanding of the power of the Holy Spirit. So therefore, God doesn't do
1: anything unless we ask. My goodness.
0: We have to ask. That's why he's always, this is the empowerment we now have. We, We can go, we have boldness to enter into the throne room of God to ask, Lord, if this baptism of the Holy Spirit is true, I want this. I want to understand more. I want more revelation. I want to walk in this power so I can do your will. No longer someone who is just saved and walking and thinking of the way of the world. I want to understand this power and this authority that we now have over demonic activity.
1: I'm trying to grasp a scenario here in my mind where in our modern day world, and I just thought of a police officer who's read the book, knows the laws, has all the equipment, but never goes out into the street to control traffic in the case of an emergency. Oh, I can do all those things. And I've been told all those things. And I read all those things, but never applies it. Can we draw that picture today of just knowing all these things, having it in our head? Man, he has the authority to go out and stop traffic, but he doesn't use it.
0: Didn't Jesus give, him, give the disciples practical application of this in Luke chapters 9 and 10? He says, I have all power and authority. Now I relinquish this power and authority to you. I give this power and authority to you to go out as my disciple. Think of it as the sheriff. Yes. Jesus is the sheriff. He's empowered his deputies to have the same authority. The same authority empowers the sheriff.
1: They can do the same thing that the sheriff can. The deputy can do the same thing that the sheriff can because he's given them the authority.
0: This is our relationship we have with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Yes. We have the same authority. We can rebuke demons. We have power and authority over our minds. Demons can no longer harass us. This is the power and authority we need to learn to walk in. So many people are held captive Because of not having this understanding, we have power and authority over this harassment of demonic activity. We no longer have to be walking in the way of the world and thinking of the way of the world to solve our problems. We have power and authority over our problems.
1: We have the supernatural power of God in us, in our spirits. And as soon as we get our mind renewed to that, we can walk in that authority. Begin to place the demonic powers that are always trying to get in our heads, under our feet, where Christ placed them.
0: Question. Was it demonic power that influenced the church, saying the Holy Spirit does not function the same way as it did 2,000 years ago? He influenced us in some way. Through deception,
1: yes, of bringing back the law. You had to be circumcised to be a believer. And then all of those traditions begin to overtake them as as they fell back into the law. Paul warned against that over and over and over again. So uh, wrong teachings, uh, just, but it's always the, the superna- Satan trying to get into our heads.
0: I think a lot of it too, Terry, not just the law, but the supernatural scares people. The supernatural, when you don't have an understanding of it, you want to not acknowledge it you no longer want to deal with it you feel comfortable where you're at I'll just be a believer and function here and just understand I have salvation and that's it but Jesus instructed us that we would have power and authority and I believe this I believe his word and I believe the book of Acts was just a roadmap map for us to see how the church is to function not just
1: then but today using that power and authority. Yes. You know, Mitch, if you would uh, give me the, the laws and the codes of your town and say, well, take this book and put it in your pocket. And here's a weapon and a whistle and a car with a siren. And you just go out there in a, a street and do what you can do, Terry. I'd get run over <laughs> because I don't know how to use the authority. And that's what you were kind of talking about. We don't understand that supernatural power that we have now in Christ. It's awesome what we have now.
0: What I find amazing and and so wonderful is the fact that the disciples, the 120, trusted in Jesus and did what they were instructed to do. They went to Jerusalem. They stayed there till the day of Pentecost had fully come. They received in verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance, as the Spirit, it all functions through the Holy Spirit of God flowing through them. The manifestation of speaking in tongues, their prayer language, and communicating in a foreign language, was simply an outward sign that something's different now. There's this manifestation of God that now fills the believer, that he has power and authority over all unclean spirits over all demonic activity and let's jump to verse 17 this is Peter and he speaks with such boldness now I'm gonna start with verse 16 but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel and it shall come to pass in the last days says God that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions And your old men shall dream dreams. And all my men servants and all my maid servants, men and women, Terry, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on earth beneath. Do you realize that prophesying and visions and dreams are still active today? This is how Jesus communicates to us. This is how the Holy Spirit communicates to us. If we look at this, it's just simply another portion of communication to empower us to go forward and do His will. It is the function of the Holy Spirit right now. It's His ministry right now. And He's trying to communicate to us through prophesying, through visions, and through dreams. Now, you talk to a lot of folks in the church, and they think those were done away with. And that's not true, because the Word says that the young men will see visions. The old men will dream. Men and maid servants have the Holy Spirit poured out upon them. Now at this point in time, he's just referring to the, to the Jewish people. But Terry, the same gift, remember we started this conversation, was poured out upon the Gentiles as well in Acts chapter 10 and 11. And that's such a detailed account to give us an understanding that it wasn't just for the Jewish people, but it's for anyone who believes.
1: Boy, this this whole thing about this supernatural realm that that you were talking about, that we now have been empowered to live in. I just thought of Philippians 2.10. In this scripture, it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. We've been empowered over all of these things. And it's all this demonic activity, isn't it? We've empowered over all of it. Yes. No matter where it comes from.
0: Now, we just have to wrap our minds around this and realize the supernatural spiritual realm that we're fighting against. And I know believers understand this spiritual warfare because they've heard it a million times. This spiritual warfare is something you cannot see. And we have the tools and the equipment to fight this spiritual warfare, Through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us.
1: Just like you, as a sheriff, teaches me what's in the book, equips me, then I can go out in this unseen authority, power, but I have that armor on, I have the the book, I know my position, I can use it now.
0: What we're wanting to do, Terry, is move people today forward and understanding their position in the Holy Spirit. We want them to receive their own revelation and understanding of this. We want them to seek, ask, and knock God for this revelation.